This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. When it comes to Larry David, when it comes to Zoe Sunny, when it comes to South Park, I think because they established their audiences before people went crazy, people had already sort of decided, hey, these guys are good. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. The United States is opening an era of relentless diplomacy to address the challenges that matter most to people's lives, all people's lives. Tackling climate crisis, as the previous speaker spoke to. Strengthening global health security. Feeding the world. Feeding the world. We made that priority, and one year later, we're keeping that promise. From the day I came to office, We've led with bold climate agenda. We rejoined the Paris Agreement, convened the major climate summits, helped deliver critical agreements on the COP26. We helped get two-thirds of the world's GDP on track to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And now I've signed a historic piece of legislation here in the United States that includes the biggest, most important climate commitment we have ever made in the history of our country. 300 and $69 billion toward climate change. That includes tens of billions in new investments in offshore wind and solar, doubling down on zero emission vehicles, increasing energy efficiency, supporting clean manufacturing. All I hear is we're going to be spending your money on a bunch of crap that you don't need, a bunch of stuff that's not going to do anything to lower uh, inflation, a bunch of stuff that's not going to do anything to uh, actually improve your way of life right now because everybody's suffering so badly thanks to the super awesome, fun state of the economy. You know, I saw a video where they were chanting in Britain when he went over there for the Queen's funeral, let's go Brandon. And they actually said some other things that we can't share with you. I can't share that video and a lot of you sent it and I'm like, I can't, I can't play any of this on air. It's not going to happen. I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, there was a lot of, they love the F word, chanting it. I mean, it was like it was going to go out of style. Like they were, like it was the, the last day to say it before you were not allowed to say it again ever. Welcome to the radio show, the nationally syndicated radio show. I'm your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, hating everything today and joining you in the misery that is this administration. We're walking through the week together. Yay. And I don't know about you, but I had so much fun waking up this morning hearing that we might all be nuked. Yay. Woo. It's so great. I mean, I, now I was told, I was told that 
when Trump was in the White House, we were going to have all kinds of wars and it was going to be a nightmare. And that's exactly what that we were just we were all going to be fighting and dead and eating in the desert, eating cat food. These are things I was told I was promised, dare I say. But yet none of them have actually come true. None of them have come true. None of that came true. But in fact, now with this new administration, I feel like we're going to be in a brawl every single we're going to be in a war like who knows how long. So you had Russia that first off, I, I don't follow this every single day because I don't do wag the dog. I don't do that. I'm not I'm not going to get involved. I'm not I don't do wag the dog. I don't do that. If you want that kind of stupid brain dead radio, then there's a ton of other people uh, who will gladly give that to you. And that's why their ratings are so much lower than mine. Uh, no, I am bragging about it because I work hard and, and I enjoy your listenership. But I don't I don't follow it day in and day out, except when we have to give more tax dollars over to Ukraine. I mean, do we know where? No, we don't know where it's going. I'm asking a rhetorical question. I, I follow the big things like when this shaky Mick uh, pillow face over here, Vladimir Putin. Have you seen him walk out with a stanky leg? Oh, yeah. I say that because my dog Rocco, after he had back, back surgery, he has what we call a stanky leg. It's just like he just kind of throws it out and it kicks out. So very similar to what we're seeing here with Putin. Anyway, so he's mad because he's, I guess, gone through all of his younger soldiers. So now they've instituted a new draft, a new draft in Russia, where they've raised the age up to like 65. So even if you're 55 years old, you're going to get drafted. They're just running these dudes through the meat grinder that is Ukraine. That's what they're doing. And he keeps going on and on. He, he issued these remarks where he was saying that essentially what he was doing was he was he was mad that the West was as dominant as it was and he wanted he was objecting to it. He didn't think that the West should be as dominant and he wanted to end that. And he was hearkening back to the days when uh, Russia was it was the, the Soviet Union and he I guess where he felt that they were stronger there, which clearly they weren't. But he's got this. He is very nostalgic. And he really believes that if they restore Russia's position, then everything's going to go back to being okay. But what we've what we've seen is this new sort of axis of evil emerge because you have China that's that's kind of they they China. It's weird because they they believe that Putin is being sloppy at this point. And we kind of have touched on this in previous conversations with Steve Yates. They think that China's being sloppy at this point or Russia's being sloppy at this point. China is really with their economy, they, can't, they don't really have a lot of room for error. There's one thing that Xi Jinping doesn't want to do, and that's mess up to the point where he loses control because he's not the only commie over there. There are several other commies that are over there that would love to, you know, just love to be able to be in this position. So he's, he's trying to keep status quo. And at the same time, they're teetering on the edge of economic disaster as well. They're having a housing crisis. Uh, they're housing, I mean, if you want to call it a market, uh, disastrous to say nothing of their what they've done to their economy with their continued lockdowns, etc. But they also depend on the United States and other countries because it's that export. It's those exports of cheap goods with cheap labor. That's what drives their economy. So they can only go so far without any kind of guarantees. And one thing that Russia has proven is that there are no guarantees that Vladimir Putin can offer. For for a guy that was heralded as being so smart and so strategically uh, such a such, such a strategist, he really hasn't shown it with the situation with Ukraine. He immediately violated one of Sun Tzu's golden rules, which was know your enemy. He clearly did not know his enemy. And when you are uh, when you're underestimating your enemy and your enemy has more to lose, apparently, than you do and will fight like it. 
Uh, that's not going to go well for you, no matter how many tanks, how many bombs, whatever you have to throw at it. This was supposed to be a one and done thing for him, and it wasn't. And as a result, it's tanked his. It's tanked the way that people view him. It's tanked the the. There have been protests. People have been getting arrested. There's unrest that is growing in Russia. And if he keeps on the same path. I mean, you're going to see a destabilization that's going to rock the Kremlin at some particular point. They can't have that. So they have to figure something else out to do. He can't go out there and say, oh, I'm shaky leg McPello face. I'm an absolute moron. I decided to bet the stability of my, you know, dictatorial control and our funny buildings here. I've decided to bet that all on these, you know, stocky, smart mouth people in Ukraine. I thought we were going to be able to do it in a month. It didn't happen. He can't go out and say that. So he has to go out and say, there's a new Satan. And there's a new big boogeyman. And it's the United States. It's the West that's causing us all these problems. As though President McUnity Cheesehead is crawling into his spiral tower at night, whispering in his ear, hey, do stupid stuff in Ukraine that'll completely destabilize your grasp, your, 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 uh, grasp on control. That's not happening. But that's what Vladimir Putin wants everyone to believe. So that's basically what his remarks are. Then you have Joe Biden going to the United Nations. And I keep I'm looking at the time because I'm just I'm waiting for the White House to come and walk it back. I'm just waiting for the walk back. They have walked everything else back. Karine Jean-Pierre was walking back the, well, he didn't really mean that we're not in a, a pandemic anymore. Oh, no, he didn't really mean what he said about Taiwan. Oh, no, he didn't really. Oh, no, he didn't really with a million different things. So. Who knows what, what the White House is going to say now? I'm sure he said something that they're going to walk back. He probably went out there and said the. And they were like, nope, nope, nope. It should have been an. I mean, who knows? He's clearly not the person in power. So we'll wait for that. We'll wait for that walk back. I'm sure it'll come through their approved mouthpieces. But you, what gets me is when you have tyrants... It's one thing to have... A, it, all tyrants are dangerous. I think that there's a different level of danger depending on how smart the tyrant is. But there is a... But there is a more, there's a scarier kind of danger when the tyrants are stupid, you know, when you, when they're toddler stomping all through Europe. So a lot of people were immediately, oh, I'd hope we don't get nuked. I hope we, Eric Swalwell would be really happy about that, wouldn't he? I mean, I would imagine he would be super excited. He loves nuking people. So Putin delivers a speech. He says the West is out to destroy Russia. Have you seen, by the way? So he's called up, listen, he's called up reservists. This is how crazy it is over there. He's called up the reservists. He says, I, whenever anyone goes, this is not a bluff in their speech, it kind of is. Uh, that's what he said. He actually felt the need to say that. That just goes to show you how people don't take him seriously. So Russians are fighting to get flights out of the country. The Associated Press from one of their reporters in Serbia was saying a large number of Russians rushed to book one-way tickets out of the country while they still could. And that was because Putin said he wants partial mobilization of military reservists for Ukraine. And they're looking at, I mean, um, what, 300,000? I think it was, something to that. Something to that. I think it might have been more, but they said about 300,000 reservists because he's desperate. They've lost a lot of people. They've lost a lot of equipment. And this is what gets me. This guy, I have dealt, he's like a manipulative woman. And I grew up watch. I grew up watching this demonstrated in front of me with members of, more dramatic members of my family. I say it lovingly. I can, I call, I can call out these people. I can see them coming. I can tell in two seconds. He's using the same shtick. Listen to this. He's like, yes, we're going to protect Russia and our people. 
Those who are trying to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know the wind can also turn in their direction. Okay, President McShakey Leg Hotbox. All right. No one takes him seriously. He's got to hold on to his damn desk to stay upright. Have you seen his leg? Rocco shakes the same way. You guys know it because you've seen it. He d- doesn't it. It's the same thing. When I saw him walking, I was like, man, he's kicking his leg out just like my dog does. So you have uh, President uh, over in Russia, President uh, Stinky Leg McPillowface, who's, I guess, fresh off his latest uh, silicone injection or whatever they put in your face, comes out and says, no, 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 we're, we're you know, we would, we would use nuclear weapons if you keep. How are other people threatening you, threatening you with nukes when you're saying, well, we'll use nukes? Is he sane? I don't know. Don't answer that question. So he's made this announcement. Everybody's trying to get out of Russia. That tells you everything that you need to know. Everything that you need to know. It's, an, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So that's the latest. And I'll let you know if they decide to walk that back. But yeah, they've, and in the meantime, Biden has directed, he mentioned this too uh, as well in his little AG speech. Uh, $2.9 billion in humanitarian aid to buttress global food security. Oh, my gosh. It's going to take everything I have not to go full Sam Kennison right now. It's going to take everything. Can you give me that clip where he's or you know what I'm talking about? He's announced that the U.S. is going to provide two point nine in humanitarian. There's a global food. There's always a crisis, isn't there? Oh, my gosh. We've got a pandemic crisis. We've got this crisis. We've got all the crises. Oh, my gosh. Crises everywhere. Got to spend another $2.9 billion. I'm going to come back to this because I feel like there is an answer to this that's not what he's proposing. Also, I have one of the stupidest woke stories that you're going to hear this week. It is one of the dumbest things I've ever read. And because I killed my brain cells having to read it, you're going to have to lose some brain cells hearing me tell you about it. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013, small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, Vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech i can't believe that this is the headline i am giving you today but it is from the new york post the fda is warning against a potentially deadly and i'm not making this up NyQuil chicken 
challenge. I just heard some of you almost run off the road because you were like, I'm sorry, NyQuil chicken? Excuse me? Some of you were like preparing food for your baby and you dropped something. Yes, I said NyQuil chicken. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is warning against the social media challenge. It involves people coating perfectly good poultry in NyQuil. And it's called legit the NyQuil chicken challenge. And they're covering their meat in the medicine and then they actually cook it. And the FDA is like, stop doing this and don't eat it. Because also you have to consider the medications vapors. That could cause high levels of drugs to enter your body. It could hurt your lungs. You are taking a dangerously high amount of cold and cough medicine without even realizing it. So they said that apparently these videos have been circulating for months and it's, you know, a peer pressure trend and people are using this stuff in a car. You know what? I am not against any of these people doing it. And in fact, I hope they continue to do it because they will remove themselves from our gene pool. And we really need to kind of clear up humanity and make our species smarter. Correct? That's natural selection right there. The mystery winners. So they finally had the people come forward in the uh, $1.3 billion Mega Millions jackpot. And they said that two mystery winners have claimed it. And they said this was eight weeks after buying the tickets for the third largest, blah, blah, blah. The pair chose to remain anonymous. Smart. They said that they only claimed it after working with professional legal and financial advisors ahead of picking up the lump sum payment of $780 million. That's how much the government gets. And guess what? They're gonna, government's going to take a little bit of that every single year because taxation is theft. So they were very, very smart. They apparently purchased the tick, winning ticket during a routine stop at a speedway. And they, they agreed to split the prize if they won. So they were very smart in how they did it. And they want to be anonymous, which I think is, yeah, you want to be anonymous with this, of course. And Space Force, they have a new theme. Well, not a new theme. Their official song is Semper Supra. They came out with it. I think it's cool to have Space Force. Stick with us. we got more in store. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. Talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff. Designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Has the president reached out to any of these governors? So here's the thing, and I was asked this question earlier today. 
I don't know why we would reach out mm -hmm. to a governor or governors who are clearly playing a political game, right? It is something that they're doing not to find a solution, but to literally, literally, literally. put people's lives Let's say it some more. at risk. Literally, literally, they're literally doing it. It's literally happening. Literally, like literally, literally. It's Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is saying that it's mean what the governors are doing. They're not trying to find that you've barred them from finding solutions. Do you do these people? Hi. Hi. You've stopped them from finding solutions. What solutions do they have? Yeah. What are here's your solution. Um, close the border and restrict to lawful entry. Or. It's existing law. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's codified. It's, it's U.S. statute, but whatever. That was that's that's the I, I just I don't think anybody's buying it either. These governors, they're just they're not they, you've because you've effectively barred them from looking. You you've you've stopped them from doing anything. I mean, again, I go back to to Jan Brewer, and when she was governor of Arizona. They filed suit against her. There was one headline, Jan Brewer's plot against immigrants. You remember? Uh, craziness. And she's, they went after her six ways to Sunday. They said they were suing her. They, they sued her over immigration law. Let me go back to this Politico piece. This was back from, uh, this was uh, July 6th. 2010 they filed a lawsuit under obama biden at on towards a filed a lawsuit against jim brewer in arizona because it was a law that they if you enter the country illegally and i read the law we were on air i read the law what they were saying is that if you were in the country illegally law enforcement got to ask you why you were in the country illegally and they could take you into custody so the justice department which seems that seems apropos right the Justice Department filed suit and they were saying that it violates. Now, here's where here's where the why I always go back to the 10th Amendment, because here's how the here's how Obama Biden argued this. They said that the law that Brewer had signed violated the Constitution because by detaining people who had entered the country illegally and questioning them, that the holder and Biden Obama uh, line was that they were violating the Constitution by claiming authority over immigration policy. And Eric Holder argued, well, that's been the jurisdiction of the federal government this entire time. You can't just do that. Well, yeah, but you, you can actually. And Eric Holder had said at the time, this is what he said, quote, he said, sure, Arizonans are understandably frustrated with illegal immigration and the federal government should address those concerns. But diverting federal resources away from dangerous aliens such as terrorism suspects and aliens with criminal records, that will impact the entire country's safety. He said, setting immigration policy and enforcing immigration laws is a national responsibility. Now, everything that was decided from this lawsuit is what affects it, that all is what affects immigration law today, and that is what is impacting how all of these governors are dealing with this, the problem at the border. So for, when people are questioning, and I get it, and, and because I have to draw baby pictures 
and I have to spell things out. Me saying that there's more to it than just blaming somebody like Greg Abbott doesn't mean I agree a thousand percent with Greg Abbott on every single thing. And I'm his biggest stand because I'm pointing out the fact that he's already been hamstrung by the government. And this was done back in 2010 before he was ever governor. I mean, that's just logical to point this out. We like logic, right? We like science, right? We like fact, right? I mean, that's why, you know, I associate myself with conservatism because that's what I think it does. Now, if I'm wrong, please correct me, which I'm not. So it says that they were, they were accusing, and it wasn't just Arizona, all of these other states at the time, back in 2010, that were, that were saying they were going to do this were being threatened by Eric Holder and the Obama-Biden DOJ. So leading up from that point to now, this is why governors have their hands tied. This is why, I mean, yes, you can only do so much with the National Guard, but when it comes into detainment and deportment and even really even questioning, that violates a precedent that was established by Obama, Biden, through Eric Holder. And as and that's why their hands are tied. That's why I think when I we had how many lawsuits did he say that we were in? I think Dan Patrick was explaining that Texas was involved in like four or five different lawsuits. One of those actually did because here was the argument. This is why I brought up 10th Amendment and I have other topics we're going to move to. But the last on this for now, this morning, the reason Florida, that for whatever reason that played the uh, the reason why I touch back on the 10th Amendment is because back during the 90s, Prince v. United States was a Supreme Court decision that determined that if the federal government is going to force states, the federal government actually cannot force states to enact and run and manage federal policy using state resources and state finances. And this was a lawsuit that was that that was actually cited and came around when they were discussing the Brady Bill because the federal government wanted the states to run the federal background check, but they didn't, the states had no resources or anything to be able to actually carry that out. And so Prince v. U.S., was actually touching on the commandeering clause. The federal government cannot violate state sovereignty in the 10th Amendment uh, of that state, 10th Amendment rights of that state, by forcing them to carry out these federal policies. So the argument is this, and this is what, when I had talked to Dan Patrick, and all those interviews are up at YouTube, by the way, the one of the challenges that they were presenting uh, when they were objecting to the federal government's refusal to allow states to deal with illegal immigration is that you are by by that by that move you are in essence forcing these states to carry out federal programs without federal resources and that's ultimately what they're doing because when you hear about all this money that's being spent at the border guess what that's texas dollars that's arizona dollars that's new mexico dollars so that's and so those are those are the things that are being fought out right now it's way more nuanced than what you think now, speaking of lawsuits, the I know you heard, y'all heard this. Can we sue them? For real. So the the illegal entrants that were flown to Martha's Vineyard are now suing Ron DeSantis. A suit was filed yesterday late afternoon in federal court. Now, this is not the illegal immigrants that did this. This is a bunch of progressive lawyers that did this. This is a bunch of progressive lawyers that decided to go in and they were going to use this. It's a class action complaint. You had asked, Kane, what are the damages? I don't see them. Talk to me about that. Because what are their damages? What damages? Yeah, you'd have to in some way. I think what they're trying to do is push this narrative that they were somehow coerced and, and given false information. 
as to how they got on the plane, you know, the, the reason they made the decision to get on the plane. So I think this is an effort to push that narrative further. Mm. They said that they fled Venezuela. They surrendered themselves to U.S. authorities. They insist they're, they're legally permitted to remain until they receive due process. I'm sorry, you're a citizen because citizens get due process. You came here legally. People who come here legally are afforded due process. You didn't come in here legally. You don't get to. It's, it's like me kicking down the door of your house and being like, "Where I? You are my hostess. Where's my coffee cake? Where's my little intimens right there on the table? Get me some Sanka. Where's that at? You know, it's like me busting up in your house and demanding service. It's not the same. That's not how this goes. Furthermore, wasn't this undercut? Because they said um, one of the accusations was that it was a Venezuelan immigrant who entered illegally, who was actually getting uh, talking to people and getting them to go to Martha's Vineyard. But furthermore, no, you don't get to break the law and then demand that you are the victim of the consequence of your law breaking and then try to sue someone else of your own willful choice. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I don't see this going through unless you get a really stupid judge, which they exist. Yeah, so that, can we sue them? I feel like can we t- can Texans and Arizonans and people in New Mexico and elsewhere can we all file a class action complaint, not only against the people who illegal who enter the country illegally, but also all of the politicians who allow for it to happen? Can we also sue people like uh, uh, oh I don't know like the the ones who have been uh, when when you had um, what was it when the DOJ was it DOJ it was ICE. And the Biden administration, when they were sending the 70 plus to Florida without notifying them, can Florida Floridians, can they join in on that? I'm curious. I'm just saying, it just seems like, you know, seems like that might be something to do. This was an interesting thought stream. Mia Cathell, who writes over at Town Hall, she was digging into the Bayar, uh, the Bayer County Sheriff's. His because he went into this self-aggrandizing video where he said he's investigating Ron DeSantis's air conditioned migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard. And he was saying that in the he because he did the video and then he released a statement and all of this. Well, here's what's interesting. Cathel says that in the aftermath, remember when they had the 53 illegal entrants that were found dead inside of a sweltering tractor trailer in his county. That happened in Bear County on his watch in his county. He blamed Governor Abbott in a letter to President Joe Biden. So this sheriff, the sheriff that we played the video of yesterday, that Bear County sheriff who made this long video where he was very self-aggrandizing video where he was he was going to criminally investigate Ron DeSantis. Well, when those 53 dead illegal entrants were found in a sweltering tractor trailer in Bear County, this bozo sent a letter to the president of the United States blaming Greg Abbott because apparently Greg Abbott also has the duties when the Bear County Sheriff doesn't want them of being the Bear County Sheriff. That's like when, what's his face, Scott Israel in Parkland was blaming me for not doing his job. And this, by the way, was in this Javier Salazar, it was his third time in the that he had sent uh, any kind of letter to Biden in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election, the sheriff who's a Democrat, he was on the Biden campaign bus. Surprise. Mm-hmm. So his own county is overrun by human trafficking. He's out there virtue signaling about abortion. Mia Cathell notes he put up a big old thing 
how he's all into abortion and yeah, yeah, yeah. And but he apparently is ignorant of the fact that sex traffickers that 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 helps them and to perpetuate the cycle of violence against women and children. In the meantime, there was a huge piece uh, showing that children as young as four years old have been victims of human trafficking in the Bayer County community, according to Shara McMichael, executive director of human trafficking interdiction division for BCFS Health and Human Services. Sex and slave labor is a problem in Bayer County, and this guy wants to go after Ron DeSantis. Javier Salazar is the example of a bad cop. He's the example of why you don't, you only back good enforcement of constitutional law. Because there is such a thing as bad blue. I put him in the Art Acevedo and Scott Israel camp. They're all one and the same, cut from the same fabric. Very interesting. Didn't really hear a lot from him on that, did you? He didn't make, he didn't make any videos on that when that happened in his county. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I have more here coming up, including get this story. This coming out from more FBI whistleblowers, rank and file are livid. They say that new information from these whistleblowers reveals that the FBI has been moving agents off child sexual abuse investigations instead to pursue political investigations. In sworn statements, these whistleblowers are recounting being told that child sexual abuse investigations weren't an FBI priority. Well, all you got to do is ask the, Olympic, the women's uh, Olympic gymnastics team about that. Right. Or anybody on Epstein's. Any of the victims from Epstein. That's all you got to do. Ask those folks. We have more on the way. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. So I was looking at what was trending the, earlier this morning when I got up and I saw that uh, Talcum X came. The um, Martin Luther Cream, as he's called. Sean White? Sean, yes. Sean, what's his face? Sorry, King. He's now, if you don't know who he is, just he's the guy who is involved in all the, a bunch of BLM fundraising. But he's actually white. But he is, he Elizabeth Warren's it and says that he's black. And he tries to cut his hair and do all this. He tries to appear black. Um, and he's getting a lot of, they call it, um, you'll have like nerd Twitter and you have 
uh, British, like Irish Twitter, you have black Twitter. And apparently black Twitter does not like him. And I don't know why he was taken so seriously by so many legacy media outlets. Well, anyway, there was this huge piece on him today that came out in, it was on uh, Daily Beast. And it's asking, because he's taken in almost $7 million dollars after George Floyd's, uh, after his he was killed, he had the grass. Sean King had the grassroots law project, and he paid himself six figures. And they have no idea where this all this money went. They know that he lives in a pretty bougie house on a lake, and that, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. He is his, he's white, and he. When people were looking at his family, his birth record and all of that, he was trying to say that his mom was a skank and slept around. And his parents were like, that's not even what? Because he was so desperate to hold on to this narrative. But he pays himself six figures out of this. Nobody knows where the money's actually going to. And he has a new fundraising pitch where he's like, I'm going to have to shut down my podcast and website if more people don't give me money. And he had to fire essential employees. But if you give him more money, he'll bring them back. He is such a grifter. And... Now it's, I just don't know why he's still even relevant. It's been, I, I mean, he's been busted by, like I said, they, it's, they, it's called at least the nomenclature black Twitter repeatedly. And yet he'll still be quoted by CNN or MSNBC. Why? The guy is, he's a grifter. Can you imagine $7 million? So between that and the BLM heads, man, there was a lot of money made off this, and it looks like nothing went to what it said it was going to go to. Second hour on the way. Stick with us. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana also in the 60 minutes interview said that the pandemic is over there's been quite a bit of pushback 
to that uh, statement by the president. Where is he today on that? So just to step back for a second, what we saw during that interview, uh, 60 minute interview, when he made those comments, he was walking through uh, the, the Detroit uh, car show, the halls of the Detroit car show, and he was looking around. We have to remember the last time that they had held that event was three years ago. Even as we're talking about Unga, the president's going to speak shortly, as I just mentioned, we that hasn't been held in, in person Marie for Pierre about three years The reason, well. ladies and gentlemen, so a- that Biden could declare that the pandemic was over is because he was walking to the Detroit car show. Oh. I mean, that's why. Well, that explains it. You unwashed masses. Gosh, if only you were as smart and rich as him, then you could understand, right? Welcome back to the program. Second hour, your lovable curmudgeon. We're lovables really doing heavy lifting today. Dana Lash, it's good to be with you this Wednesday here at the top of our second hour. Make sure you go and sign up for the newsletter at Substack. Chapter and verse, all the links are available to get where you need to go in my social media profiles. So, the uh, man, walk back, walk back, walk back. I have a bunch of interesting audio here that I want to kind of get to. Because Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked a number of things, including that wonderful little soundbite about, well, you know, the president can say that it's over because he was walking through the Detroit car show. That's when he was pictured in, was he in a Mustang that was not an EV? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And yes. And he was saying that's when he was he had tweeted out or the White House had tweeted out something about, I think, electric vehicles. He's just it's not uh, I don't know. His 60 minutes interview, I think, did more to place attention on the areas that he was trying to divert from (laughs) than actually divert from it. He's doing this media onslaught, all of this right before, you know, we're 50 days less than 49 out from the election. And he's trying to do everything that he can to, to, I think, put himself, not so much the rest of the party, but get himself into a better position so he's not such a drag on everybody else. I mean, midterms are always, which I, I, I get angry when people don't vote because of, you know, what what it means, what it signifies, and what ultimately you know, people are allowing to happen. Um, I get very angry. But this, with midterms, there isn't as much, typically, there isn't as much voter enthusiasm. And in absence of that voter enthusiasm, he's going on this um, big media push to, to try to get people enthused about the he's trying to pivot and make everybody focus on other issues like abortion and what climate but that's not i mean i have a number of polls here is it worth it even me going into them because you all know what they say that's not what people are prioritizing and that includes democrats only the far left of his base actually think that abortion is going to be the issue and they're going to be they're driven to the they're being driven to the polls because of abortion who was it some of the broads on the view were were uh out there clucking and saying that, oh, we're hearing from a number of Republican women that say because of abortion, they're voting for Democrats. Oh, no, that's not true. Nobody believes you. Nobody believes you. That has not ever been because nobody because smart people realize that there is no ban. Look, you can't sit here and say that there's no gun ban when you want to go and ban rifles, and, but say that there's a ban on abortions when abortions aren't banned. Can't have it both ways. You absolutely cannot have it both ways. So. On that, I want to put I want to put some more audio in your ear, because 
Corinne Jean-Pierre, another walk back. And I'm just waiting for the walk back of the president's speech at the UN earlier today. So she was walking back again, audio soundbite seven, sort of a, a dessert to the audio that we just played for you. Listen to this. Jean-Pierre was trying to, this was the walk back of the pandemic remark Biden made. Listen. The, pro- the president said, and he was very clear in his 60 Minutes interview, that uh, you know COVID yeah. remains a problem, and well, we're well, fighting it, so. and we have to continue uh, to make sure that we are fighting uh, this once uh, in a generation pandemic. Hmm. Is that what he said? I don't think that that's what he said. Hmm. Not at all. He didn't say that at all. Still waiting for that one walk back. I want to also. Da, da, da. She answered this question. I want to segue into immigration because I have some audio for Biden as well. Audio soundbite eight. She was asked a question about the transport of illegal entrants to Martha's Vineyard and other sanctuary areas. And I thought her response was pretty incredulous. Listen. Has the president reached out to any of these governors? So here's the thing. And I was asked this question earlier today. I don't know why we would reach out Mm -hmm. to a governor or governors who are clearly playing a political game, right? It is something that they're doing not to find a solution, but to literally literally put people's lives at risk. Wait, who's putting whose lives at risk? Because I would imagine that just simply by entering the country illegally, that that's what you're doing. This isn't putting, was it putting, did, was, so was Biden putting people's lives at risk when he was sending people over? This is just a dumb, she's not good at what she does. I got to say, but you know who is even worse at what she does? Audio sound by two, Kane. We all need this in our lives. So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. Because community. That's why. Because of community. That's that's it. Who boy. Now, as we are looking at those are the the great minds of the Democrat Party. I wanted to share with you what Governor Ron DeSantis did yesterday in Florida. This is a really good idea. He announced a plan to provide a sales tax exemption for one year for all household items, $25 and less. Also, a one-year exemption for children's books and toys. The legislature needs to, impro- needs to approve it. And apparently there's even more announcements as it relates to tax relief coming. So it's a $1.1 billion tax relief proposal that he's thrown out for Floridians. And it, it includes a permanent sales tax, ex- tax exemption. These are necessities too. They said... Um, Things like cribs and strollers, uh, all those kind of things. And I, I'm watching the way that the left is reacting to this because they say, oh, well, this is, you know, your primary funding source. It's not, though. But he understands that you don't raise taxes during an inflation because that's the great way that you get more inflation, That's exactly how that is. He understands that reckless government spending and not taxpayers keeping more of their own hard-earned money, that that is what brought on inflation. Now, the federal government won't do anything about actual inflation relief, so he is going to do it. That's a really great move. That is a very great move. 
Now, I gotta, I, I have, I have to tell you about this because uh, I had to read it. This is that woke story I was telling you about. Oh, here we go. It's in San Francisco. The, by the way, post millennial. Not to be confused with post Malone. The San Francisco Bicycle Coalition wrote about their. Uh, they have a d- dedicated anti-racism whatever thing. And they've said to not call police about stolen bikes because it is harmful to black and brown people. Now, bike theft apparently is, they said it's an epidemic. That's how it's described in San Francisco. And so in the consideration section of their website, the San Francisco Bike Coalition said that victims of bike theft should not call police because they said it would hurt black and brown people in the interaction. Okay, ho, ho, ho. Are you telling me that only black and brown people steal bikes? Because I think that if you're trying to go about anti-racism, that's not the way to do it. I mean, wait, did, did I misread it? Are they trying to push anti-racism or actual racism? Because I feel as though that's the way that you would go for actual racism. So they said that the San Francisco Bike Coalition acknowledges that black and brown people are way overrepresented as bike thieves. But they're impacted. So don't report your bikes being stolen in San Francisco. Oh, wow. And they said that um, encourage the potential impact to human life. Oh, wow. And they admit that they are a majority white organization, which I guess that makes me, gives me a little bit more insight in why they apparently believe that bike theft is mainly for, is they're stolen more by, or mainly by black and brown people. Wow. I don't think that that's, um, whenever they do, whenever somebody, they, these groups do this, it ends up backfiring spectacularly because they don't seem to understand how they're coming off. And it's always, why is it always these predominantly white groups that are doing this? It's always these predominantly white groups that are the ones that are involved with making these like goofy. I don't get it. It's just weird. Now, we were telling you a little bit ago, we've gone into some of the uh, stories with uh, Putin, with calling up all the reservists. Listen to this. They've called up, they've raised their draft age to 65 And I was just reading how they ordered all airlines to stop selling tickets to Russian men aged 18 to 65 because there is this major move to get everybody, all these, everybody's fleeing Russia because they don't want to be drafted and have to go fight. That's some desperation. Can you really fear someone who's that desperate? I mean, granted, I know he has probably very malicious desires, but can he actually carry them out? If he's hurting that bad, just it's a legitimate question. Very legitimate question. Now, a few other things. The lawsuit, I know there's a lot of stuff popping off today. Because you had the civil suit that was announced by New York Attorney General Letitia James just a little bit earlier against Trump. Oh my gosh, that's going to be, that's all you're going to hear on CNN and MSNBC tonight. A $250 million lawsuit. They said that Trump was defrauding lenders, etc., etc., and that his children are involved because apparently they're named as well. That he was he's accused of misleading asset valuations. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Kurt Schlichter, was saying that it's you, he's not even going to probably have a response for a few weeks. And they they are 
Um, he said he probably cannot remove the case since there are New York since there are New York defendants. And obviously mid-October, you know what this means. This is a midterm thing. So one of the things that we were talking about off air and that Kurt notes here is he said, and Kane, you mentioned this, the lack of damage allegations. You were you had mentioned this in the suit with Martha's Vineyard, much less ones against New York and the plaintiff. You cannot sue if you did not suffer a loss and no losses are pleaded in the parts that are available. Um, He thinks it's going to get dismissed. He says that if they had anything on Trump, they would have filed a criminal case. But they have to prove beyond reasonable doubt in a criminal court. When it's a civil suit, it's a preponderance of evidence. So they didn't have a criminal case. They had nothing on him. That's why they did not file a criminal suit. They decided, Kurt says they chose fraud to impress dumb people. I think that that's correct. But that's the difference. It's a civil suit because you just have to have a preponderance of evidence, which is lower than reasonable doubt. So the bar is higher for a criminal case. So he thinks that the the initial motion to dismiss is not going to be heard before midterm. The whole point, and this is what I thought immediately, the whole point of this was to sow the seed and get the suit filed before the election so that it's not going to get tossed out before the election. They just want to plant the seed in people's minds and try to taint candidates by association. That's the goal. It's a nothing burger. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I don't understand. Then what are you supposed to do? Here's this headline. It says, staying up late and getting less than eight hours of sleep decreases your dementia risk, scientists say. say. But going to bed earlier and sleeping for longer can be bad for brain health. That's totally the opposite of everything that we... I am so confused. So researchers say that sleep habits are an early warning sign that you could develop a cognitive condition. Those who go to bed before 9 p.m. each night and sleep for over eight hours suffer a 70% increased risk. It's a new study, but it comes from a Chinese-backed university. So I don't believe anything. Just saying. Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible 8. Oh my gosh, there's eight of them. It was interrupted by an invasion. It was... I want to say aliens, but um, it's not that cool. It's actually, it was just sheep. It was just a bunch of sheep that invaded and they had to stop everything. The sheep, just the flock of sheep, just go where they want to go. And that's ultimately what ended up happening. So there you go. We have more to come, including midterms, midterm update next. 
If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana 972-PATRIOT. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. There's been a good deal of talk about what some of the governors have done to transport uh, illegal immigrants up to other parts of the country. I personally thought it was a good idea. Uh, But if you added up all of the... uh, illegals who've been taken to Chicago or Washington or Martha's Vineyard, it would be fewer than people down in Texas have to deal with on a daily basis. When the vice president says the border is secure, it's absurdly incorrect. And I think these are the kinds of things the American people would look to this administration for some solutions on. And so far, uh, they are lacking. Hmm. Hmm. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our second hour. That was Mitch McConnell, who really it was it's he weighed into the whole uh, Ron DeSantis sending illegal entrance to Martha's Vineyard saying, I personally thought it was a good idea. I agree. And you know what? It's not they're not getting I don't think that the left is getting as riled up or at least the base as Democrats were hoping that they would with their spin on this. Now, as it relates to midterm speaking of mitch mcconnell this is a very interesting back and forth and i want to i want to caution people i think there's more nuance to it than this i and i hate the fact that i have to explain everything i'm gonna say it's just nothing i just i guess i want to rage throw things off my desk because I'm looking at, I always look at these issues as what gets me left alone. I want to strategize on how I can win, how I can, uh, what what gets me closer to abolishing the IRS and the ATF and getting left alone. You know, that's how I look at it. Granted, those are those are the the ends. What are the means to get it? And there's a lot more nuance here than than you realize. And I do want to caution you also. I've been in. I started in politics. Oh my gosh, forever. Uh, I've been in it for I don't know how long and in Missouri where I started in it for a very long time and I know a lot of these a lot of these people as I've grown on radio I've watched them climb up the ranks whether it's political consulting or whatever so I know a lot of these people behind the scenes some I like better than others and some I don't like at all and so one of the reasons that I caution people to kind of pay attention to some of the nuance here isn't for influence but for perspective i don't care about influencing people's 
attitudes towards politicians. I don't care if somebody likes a politician or not. That does not concern me unless that politician is someone who's trying to protect my rights and there was a smear on him or something. That's really all I care about. But I do want to provide some context and perspective with some of these narratives out there. So I'm saying this as it relates to this story from Axios on Mitch McConnell. Now, when you see this headline, oh, man, it sounds so bad, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. Mitch McConnell aligned Senate Leadership Fund, which is different from the NRSC. That's the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Those are, that's the group that spends all the money. They are the ones. Rick Scott controls that. That's the group that does all of the works with the Senate candidates in these races. So you have the Senate Leadership Fund, and they are canceling because Arizona's uh, a big... Uh, well, it's a lightning rod race, one of those lightning rod races. It's canceling $9.6 million in television ads for the Arizona Senate race. Confident that other outside conservative groups will make up the difference for GOP nominee Blake Masters. Now, here's how I see it. I, this is how I've been seeing this discussed. People are mad and some are saying that this is Mitch McConnell being on the side of Joe Biden. Uh, he wants, he doesn't really care about the numbers. He doesn't care about, you know, getting to 56. He doesn't care. He just, he just, you know, he, he just doesn't, that's what it, this is about. And then some are saying that this is about Mitch McConnell saying all of the people, including Trump who came in for, for some of these candidates they need to do what they said they were going to do and help back these candidates, not just vocally, but also financially. And there's some truth to it. And I also think that there's some truth. And McConnell wants to have his own. He wants to have he wants to be kingmaker to an extent. But I do believe that he you can't say that someone's concerned about their legacy and then also wants to lose the Senate because those two things just that that doesn't align. And I want to remind everybody, too. And I say this as someone who's never had Mitch McConnell will not come on the show. We are not, you know, I like to add perspective to stuff. There are things to like about Mitch McConnell, things to not like about Mitch McConnell. Trump would not have his Supreme Court without Mitch McConnell. He would not have his. Remember when I said after midterms and Trump had to shift with dealing a loss of power in Congress to a judicial, a judicial agenda. Mitch McConnell made that happen. I think it ended up being like one out of every new judges that were confirmed on these federal courts were were Trump judges. And those were all shepherded through by Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell protected Kavanaugh. He protected Gorsuch. And he protected Amy Coney Barrett. Navigated them through. And there's a lot of stuff that people don't see. So while there are things to be aggravated at McConnell about, definitely... I think that some people are trying to have it both ways. And a lot of this comes not from the left. It comes by way of operatives who are trying to influence voters. And they are they're they're using these narratives to do so because they're power adjacent and they want to remain power adjacent. That's kind of the perspective on this. So I don't have to worry about it because I you, you can't get me to go to Washington, D.C. for nothing. So. I don't have to worry about any of this. But I do think he's looking to, it sounds to me like they're looking to focus a little bit more on Nevada. And maybe there's talk of Georgia and maybe even some Pennsylvania. Because these are very, very close 
races, things that we absolutely have to have. Now, this is just a, it's a super pack. And it is one of the more, one of the top races to watch for the Senate in the country. But the reason why is that you have Heritage Action for America. That's a super PAC that's going to make up some of the difference. You have the Sentinel Action Fund. They're spending almost $4 million on TV ads. And they have another $1.5 million that they're spending on voter outreach. Peter Thiel, by the way, and this is what was weird. There was a super PAC funded by Peter Thiel, the billionaire Peter Thiel. And he's spending $1.68 million on behalf of Masters. He hasn't donated any of his own money to the super PAC since the Republican primary. Now, Teal is having a fundraiser for Masters at his home at the end of the month. For uh, that, that was from CNBC. And there are a lot of other. You have the Trump, super, you have the Trump-affiliated super PAC, our American Century. They're in for a million. You have the NRSC. I was just telling you about that. That's the Rick Scott-directed uh, National Republican Senatorial Com- Committee. That's uh, in for just under a million. Club for Growth, quarter of a million, a little over a quarter of a million. Restoration Pact as well. So there are a lot of groups that make up for it. So I look at the way that the math for the donations is from these other super PACs is, is laying to the ground. It would be redundant spending at this point when that pack could take its money and bolster Adam Laxalt in Nevada because that race is within the margin of error and it's too close and heaven knows that they need every bit of dollars they can get for that ad for ad buys or in Pennsylvania or in Georgia or elsewhere so I think this is I know that some people on the right are trying to make this out like this is Mitch McConnell being petty and mean I think that he's just looking at the math because some of these PACs and some of these groups, like the Teal Group, they're not involved in every one of the Senate races the way that this PAC and some others are expected to be. Does that make sense? Like the Republican Senatorial, National Republican Senatorial Committee, they're involved in all these other Senate races, which is why they may not have as much for this race as maybe Peter Teal. Peter Teal will, will pick you know, certain uh, pet candidates and donate just to those. So these PACs, it does help in a way because these PACs are able to go and they're able to donate and bolster up more vulnerable candidates who definitely need the funds. But it gives other people this air of, well, they like this candidate more than this candidate. And then there's a narrative that's been born. So I think you got to just kind of take some of this stuff with a grain of salt because it's, you know, in Arizona, you had some of these groups that were very vocal about this race. And when you're that vocal and you get that involved and, and you get the candidate that you want in the primary with some of these groups that have the funds to do it, it absolutely is your responsibility to write the check that you're there or to cash that check that your mouth was writing and make sure that it's supporting these candidates financially. You can't just say, oh, well, this person's going to get involved in this. He have somebody like Teal or somebody else go out there and talk a good game for these candidates and then not put in financially and then get mad when you get the candidate that you want and get mad when McConnell focuses or that aligned pack focuses their money on another embattled Senate race. You know, a rising tide raises all ships. And some of this stuff, the people who are being fed it as heroes are actually the squeaky wheels a little bit. So I'm just saying... There's, there's some perspective to have here. There are people who have a hell of a lot more to gain by pushing these narratives than I, which I don't have anything to gain by just putting it in perspective. So that's something to keep in mind. Looking at some of the latest polls, there was a new poll out today uh, from USA Today, Suffolk, Rubio versus Demings. Rubio was plus four in that race. And I got to tell you, I'm actually kind of surprised that it's that close. It's, he's above margin of error. And I think that he will probably prevail 
but it still is it's pretty little shocking uh the polls that came out today were florida ohio georgia and some kansas uh ohio senate vance v ryan maris poll has Vance 48, Ryan 47, that gives Vance a plus one, definitely within margin of error. In Georgia, Warnock, uh, Walker versus Warnock, it's a CBS News YouGov poll. It has Warnock plus two. Kansas, Morin versus Holland, it's at the Hill slash Emerson, has uh, Moran up plus 12. So that's very, that's a safe seat, uh, I would say at this point, because everything I've seen has double digit leads. So that's um, just some of the stuff to kind of keep an eye on. And then yesterday, uh, a poll was released in Missouri Senate. It was uh, the, I mentioned this, the KMOV, the Schmidt versus Bush Valentine, Schmidt plus 11. That's a safe seat. Unless that starts getting into single digits and those those gaps start closing, I'm not really even going to keep an eye on those races anymore because those are going to be reliable red seats and all the attention can be shifted elsewhere. So there's your midterm election update. Now, one of the things that I want to bring your attention to that you probably haven't, maybe you've heard about it. I don't know that you definitely haven't heard about it on network news or cable. Most, uh, most, not all cable news. There was uh, a guy who a Democrat in Nevada killed a reporter. We talked about that. Remember the guy who was uh, elected official? Well, now you had a Democrat adult who killed a teenager because he thought the teenager was a Trump supporter. This is insane. This guy admitted to fatally plowing a car into a Republican teenager and what is being defined as a politically motivated attack. And I looked at this and my first thought was, well, when you sit here and you call people uh, extremists and terrorists often enough, are you surprised? I mean, he admitted to intentionally doing this. 41 years old is in North Dakota. And the guy was charged this week with vehicular homicide and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. He admitted, the guy involved in this, 41-year-old Shannon Brandt, admitted that it was politically motivated. It happened early Sunday morning. He had been following this 18-year-old named Kaylor Ellingson. Kids still had braces on. They had a political dispute in McHenry, North Dakota. And he said it was, in fact, politically motivated. This is just, this is kind of wild for, to me here. Who are the extremists? Yeah, who are the extremists? Exactly. Who are the extremists, actually? He started chasing him. The boy called his mom for help before she could arrive. 41-year-old Brant barreled into him with his car in an alley, killing him. And he told the police, and this is the direct quote from the affidavit, that the victim was affiliated with a Republican extremist group. And of course, Brent was intoxicated at the time of the incident. And that just, it's just absolutely insane. So the guy's bail's been set at $50,000. That's it? Yeah. Well, he's D, different. So now we have grown men killing teenagers because they think that they're Trump voters. When is enough going to be enough for people like Joe Biden and others who sit here and accuse half of the country of being extremists, who call parents who speak out at school board meetings terrorists, who sit here and say words like MAGA extreme or extreme MAGA? Words have meanings and also consequences. When are they going to, well, they'll never take accountability for theirs. Yeah, the problem isn't MAGA Republicans. The problem is 
crazy Democrats. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Caltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first, up close and personal, at KeltechWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Well, this Florida story happened at The Villages. Had to do with... The Villages. There we go. Arrested after a family feud over takeout Chinese food. Oh boy. A father and daughter were arrested while the police were called Friday night to the Pepper Tree Apartments after a woman called 911 to report a disturbance. The woman's son claimed he had been attacked by his father, 51-year-old Bruce Barton Shell, and his sister, Atlantis, 25 years old. According to the arrest report, they had ordered takeout Chinese food, but the containers were not properly labeled, leading to confusion about the order. Jeez. The son unknowingly ate food that was not his own, prompting him to be put in a headlock by his father. While in the headlock, Atlantis grabbed her brother's arms. The mom yelled at the pair of attackers, ordering them to stop, and then she called 911. Atlantis was arrested was arrested on misdemeanor charge of battery and released after posting a $1,000 bond. Oh, my gosh, people. Could you be more ridiculous? A, po- a South Florida man. This is horrible. He was accused of torturing a threatened bird. I want to pluck his beard hair out. Uh, Michael Bochicchio, 31, of Palm Beach Gardens, he grabbed a sand, a little one of those little sandhill cranes, and he started plucking its feathers and offering them to passerby and uh, asking if they wanted to keep the feathers. He's now in bail facing a $1,000 bond. So why would you do that? Can we grab him and like pull his beard hairs out? I don't think anybody would want them, though. Stick with us. We got more in store. The latest on FBI. Oh, my goodness. Wokery and more. Stay with us. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. When it comes to Larry David, when it comes to Zoe Sunny, when it comes to South Park, I think because they established their audiences before people went crazy, uh, they yeah. were able to weather it a little bit more easily because people had already sort of decided, hey, these guys are good. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Today I'm announcing another $2.9 billion in U.S. support for life-saving humanitarian and food security assistance for this year alone. Russia, in the meantime, is pumping out lies, trying to pin the blame for the crisis, the food crisis, on the sanctions imposed by many in the world for the aggression against Ukraine. So let me be perfectly clear about something. Our sanctions explicitly allow explicitly allow Russia 
the ability to export food and fertilizer. No limitation. It's Russia's war that is worsening food insecurity, and only Russia can end it. Hmm. No. It's not. That's the President of the United States. We're going to talk about this a little bit in depth here. Welcome back to the show. Top of our third hour in the federal rate hike. Oh, boy. That's, uh, we're, wa- we're waiting because apparently uh, Jerome Powell is speaking. I think they, they're coming out with this now uh, because all of the latest. 22 minutes. Tw- and 22 minutes. So what we're hearing is that they're expecting a, a, a big hike today. So we're going to have that when that comes in because, yay, this is just going to be so much fun. Now, what he's talking about, by the way, and again, welcome back to the show. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. What what the president's talking about, there's a lot here. Um, I don't believe that Russia is responsible for the uh, s- the stability of food security around the world. I simply don't. Now, granted, yes, Ukraine is a grain country and they are considered the breadbasket of Europe. From what I understand, they're still able to actually get some things out, particularly after they resecured certain ports and that against Russia. However, it's they're not the only people that are involved in this. And there are other countries that if they weren't trying to busy, you know, creating nooses for their own agricultural necks, they would be able to step up in this, you know, temporary period of conflict and be able to meet that difference. I mean, I one of the things that I have been reading for um uh, Mike, and Schell- Mike Schellenberger has some really good things. There are a number of really good uh, minds on this that this is literally all they write about. Um, for instance, you know, we've had one. Of, so one of the things that Schellenberger has noted and that and I had um, I had a book on it, actually, that I read last year that talked about how there. Well, we had the John Kerry audio uh, or the story just the other day. He was telling African nations, stop relying on fossil fuel. So you've had people at the World Economic Forum, at the IMF, at the UN, all of these, you know, very, uh, I guess, elitist global institutions that have for years been telling poorer nations to stop using fossil fuels and for their citizenry. Haiti did. Sri Lanka did. Look at what was happening in Sri Lanka. There were riots. Look what happened in the Netherlands. You had Dutch farmers that were using their tractors to block roads. There were riots and arrests. I mean, you have people that are on purpose making their energy costs more expensive. And with and this is all through that ESG. And I've told you this a lot of times before. ESG, that is the uh, Environmental, Social, and Governance Standards. I liked it. What did I call it, though? The Environmental uh, Stupid Grifter. Yeah, something like that. You know how China has their behavioral credit system where if you're good and you love the government, then you get to go places and live your normal life, right? So the ESG thing is pretty much to commerce and agriculture and basically everything else. That performs in the same way that the behavioral credit scores perform for the communist rulers in Beijing and the Chinese citizenry. And so you have activists, legislators, all of these different regulators, they think that they're all going to be they're all going to get rich off the back of taxpayers because all this stuff gets subsidized by the taxpayers. They say they're going to make the world a better place. They're going to reduce the emissions, uh, the emission rate of fossil fuels, all of this. 
we have to lower the temperature of the earth, except that's, you know, science is, as, is so far away from any kind of consensus on this, it's not even really a legitimate theory. I'm all about absolutely being a good steward, but that's different from this cult. And so what they do is they, they want to do, want to use um, wind and solar and battery. I was reading a thing, where is this at? I believe it was actually off a Politico piece where it said that offshore wind actually requires 14, 14 times more materials uh, because of the turbines and everything else and the fiberglass, the cobalt, the REM, rare earth metals and all of that involved. Solar panels, the same thing. But that's the whole point of this is that ESG, it's this behavioral standard that they want to use as a way to browbeat people into uh, this. They want to reshape corporate behavior to match that of this uh, political cult. That's, I mean, the best way, I think, to describe it. Because it's all, when you look at their standards and their right restrictions, it's all entirely arbitrary. It is an absolutely communist mechanism. So there was a piece, this was over at ESG Analytics, and it discusses where the term came from anyway and the origin and all of this stuff. And it's a, it's a what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to put this all in an email for you. Um, and I will send this out. It's just going to be short with a bunch of information with this soundbite from Biden. I'm going to put that all together because I think you need to bookmark it. You're going to be hearing so much about this. And especially as now banks are being uh, for, pressured by activists to consider ESG scores of entities with whom they work and lend money, etc. So you really need to be aware of this stuff. But these people argue, oh, it's not an actual communist mechanism because the state's taking control. But they're acting as agents of state, which makes it irrelevant. That's an irrelevant point. I mean, they are, it is, it's, it's a mashup and it absolutely incorporates communist uh, structure in order to carry out these old, these goals that they have. So the ESG loans given out by banks and foundations to companies, you have to meet their guidelines. You, all these businesses have to show that they're pursuing business environments that prioritizes, you know, climate change restrictions and all this other stuff. And they're very highly targeted. All of this, there was a from zero hedge, a piece that showed ESG assets compounded at 16% between 2014 and 2018. Now they account for 25% of total market assets. And they're trying to make ESG account for 50% of the market share globally by Kane 2024. So this is something you absolutely need to know. This is a leverage. It's a form of leverage that they are using to force compliance. It's extortion, essentially. So there are a lot of companies that are already involved in this. And when you when you look at all of the effects of it, it affects everything, everything, everything is affected. It is all part of this move to force compliance and reliance. That's the thing. And so going back to this stuff that he's talking about with food shortages and everything else, I mean, when you have fertilizer artificially restricted and uh, and and by that. When, you're, when you have Dutch farmers told that you have to abandon these ways that have been safe and these ways that you have used for many, many years in order to feed people, you have to basically cut your yield in half and you have to uh, conform to these ESG standards uh, in order to stay afloat and for banks to continue working with you, et cetera, et cetera. That's one of the reasons why you're seeing these, these protests and these riots because when they're unable to fulfill their obligations because of the implementation of ESG standards, then the government's coming in and like your farm is ours. And that's one of the things you were seeing in Sri Lanka. And they've been tr- now and John Kerry is out there trying to pressure you know, African nations to adopt this stuff, too. This is all of this comes together. It's very malicious. So he's announced Biden's announced 
Now, it is very interesting. It's right on the heels of John Kerry telling everyone, oh, you got to get away from these fossil fuels, Africa. So Biden's announcing this new development funding for the Feed the Future program, Sub-Sahara Africa, uh, school feeding projects. It's a multi-hundred million dollar project. And they said that Jake Sullivan was telling reporters yesterday, Biden's calling on countries to eliminate uh, export bans and hoarding so they have a better food supply, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it is... All of this, it's very, it is the way that they've gone about it. It is very purposefully a crisis that has been, it's artificial. It's not one that came up naturally, for sure. I mean, you have people who, you're, you're creating a shortage of power. Like in California, for instance, you're literally creating a shortage of power because you're, you're insisting that everyone move to EVs you refuse to, the country refuses to develop more refineries. We refuse to develop rare earth metal mines. And we have no way of increasing energy output except to go back to fossil fuel, which they say is absolutely restricted and you can't do it. So what are you in the dark? I mean, we're actually artificially restricting our ability to be free. I don't know how else to put it. It is wild. These are the people who are shutting down the production of natural gas and fertilizer production and all kinds of stuff. So pay attention to all of these things. That's why I find it's all very, um, very malicious. But it's, I used to not believe in the whole Great Reset thing. But I mean, what do you, what do you, what are you supposed to believe now when you see all this stuff in front of you? I have some wokery. Oh boy. Have you been seeing what's been happening a Daily Wire piece with uh, Vanderbilt? This is something else. Vanderbilt uh, University, their hospital. They, they have a transgender clinic that opened in 2018. And they have all these videos. Twitchy also wrote about it. All these videos of one of these doctors, Dr. Shane Taylor, explaining how she got the uh, how, how she got Vanderbilt into the gender transition game in Nashville and she said it was a big money marker because surgeries require a lot of follow-ups and she said that con- conscientious objections are problematic and anyone who decides to not be involved in transition surgeries due to religious beliefs will face consequences they literally have a program at Vanderbilt called trans buddies and the buddies via daily wire are trans activists from the community who attend appointments with trans patients and monitor the doctors to guard against unsafe behavior like misgendering these are all available not just to adults these services to children including chemical castration they've been scrubbing their site pj media noted that that vanderbilt has spent a ton of time trying to scrub their site to remove the fact that they were literally discussing doing this and advertising this on their website where they had doctors on video discussing how they will perform double mastectomies on adolescent, on teenage girls, minor girls. This is child mutilation. Vanderbilt's transgender clinic, PJ Media noted, wiped out their entire website after all of these screenshots and videos and news became public. The entire website. 
but there are a lot of screenshots and it can't be hidden. That is unbelievable. We have more on this because it is, this has been growing and putting tentacles everywhere. I'm, I mean, it's happening. And then the people who report on it are accused of encouraging violence just simply by way of reporting what people are doing. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Hawaii is apparently the happiest state in the United States. That's a new rating that is out. It's the happiest, which makes sense because they, as Kay noted, they're not around anybody. I mean, you're there. You Have you had their pineapple? Oh my gosh. Hey, it's amazing. Black coffee and pineapple. Whenever I'm in it, that's my breakfast. It's beautiful. They said that the states that had the lowest rankings in terms of happiness were Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas, Louisiana, and West Virginia. West Virginia apparently was dead last. Maryland, Minnesota, Utah, and New Jersey rounded up the top five. I'm calling so many shenanigans. There, I don't have, I can't hold all the shenanigans in my arms, Kane. There's so many shenanigans I'm calling here. This is a lie, and we are moving on. Hurricane Fiona swipes Turks and Caicos, and Puerto Rico faces a major, major cleanup now. As a result, it blasted the hurricane Turks and Caicos Islands on Tuesday as a Category 3 storm after devastating Puerto Rico, where most people still have no electricity and only a fraction have running water. Rescuers were using heavy equipment to lift survivors to safety. And the storm is expected to go a little, I mean, pretty far away from the east coast of the United States. But it's these islands that are in the in the uh, path of this storm. It was still, I mean, just yesterday they still had rain hitting parts of Puerto Rico because uh, they were in the, the tail end of those rings around the eye. Uh, absolutely devastating. It says uh, Wall Street Journal, most adults should be screened for anxiety, according to U.S. panel recommendation. They said the draft guidance also recommended screening for depression, but wouldn't move to endorse screening for suicide risk. Doesn't everybody have anxiety, though? It's like how you handle it. Also, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and others are facing calls from Republican attorney generals to abandon the gun shop code affixed to them to note that it was a purchase at a firearms retailer. One of those is Missouri's attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who is uh, running in a reliably red race for Senate, U.S. Senate, to replace Roy Blunt. Uh, The efforts have been led by a number of GOP AGs, and they said that they're uh, demanding that they drop this. They said it's the gun control advocacy, which it is, and they said they will marshal the full scope of their lawful authority to protect citizenry and consumers from unlawful attempts to undermine their constitutional rights. Good for them. And uh, a man had his home invaded in uh, Canberra. And he told the intruders that they ruined his cheesecake. And it seemed like he was angrier over that. It was in Australia than anything else. Stick with us. Cheesecake is good. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. ...reserve and serves as the bedrock of our economy. Without price stability, the economy does not work for anyone. In particular, without price stability, we will not achieve a sustained period of strong labor market conditions that benefit all. Today, the FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, and we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. Mm, There we go. Jerome Powell with the Federal Reserve. It's uh, about three minutes ago. Massive interest rate hike. 
Boy, oh boy. I here's I love what Business Insider said. The constant chatter, this is their actual headline, the constant chatter from the Federal Reserve is confusing the stock market and hurting the economy. It's time for them to shut up. That's literally the headline from Business Insider. The total professional people at Business Insider wrote that. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong to a degree because every, everything that comes out of his mouth does affect the markets in some way. Um, when he talks about the CPI data and the markets went down, um, the announcement at the top of this hour earlier when they announced the 75 basis points hike, mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing that correlate with the dip in the S&P, the Dow, everything. So that's like between three and three quarters? The, yeah. The only you know silver lining out of it is that the market's pretty much priced in 75 basis points. Yeah. They were pretty much figuring that would be the case. So we pretty much got the news we were expected to get. I think it's like, isn't it like a little a couple of points worse though? From what I'm understanding. What specifically? They, because it's always, well, hang on. No, I'm looking at, I'm looking at something older. Never mind. Never mind. I'm, I pulled up my last. But there will be more us. hikes before the end yeah. of the year because yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. I was after, looking at the previous announcement. After Biden got his uh, inflation creation thing signed, um, hmm. we're yet to see the effects of that on the economy. It will also fuel inflation. Mm. So we're going to see rate hikes like this in the future. A friend of mine who works in trading had tweeted out a, a a video of these little bitty girls on the teacup ride, apparently, at Disneyland, where it spins them out of control, and they have faces of horror. And they just tweeted out, how my day's going? <laughs> so that, there you go. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Oh, goodness. So I am, um, oh, man alive. You're, is there any discussion about rolling back... I, I just because we he literally within the span of two and a half months, he announced two major spending bills, Biden. And then now we sent what was the amount of billions we were pledging to the food, whatever thing. Oh, it was like three hundred and seventy something billion, three hundred ninety billion. That's the problem. So they're projecting from what I'm understanding. They, They see unemployment rising again. Uh, Jerome Powell, who spoke uh, for the Federal Reserve, raising rates by th- uh, three quarters, so it's like three, three quarters of a point interest rate increase. Uh, they're, they're projecting that those rates to be 4.4 by the end of the year. Yeah. 4.25. Yay! Yay! And unemployment is going to rise, as they're predicting it's going to rise to 4.4 next year yeah, too. When, when they rate, when they raise the rate like this, it also <sighs> kills on it because it kills businesses ability to borrow money cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so therefore these businesses can't afford to continue to hire the way they've been. And therefore the uh, employment market suffers. Great. And guess who's going to be paying children the burden of all that? Oh, that'll be us. Hmm. It will be such great news, but I, Hey, I heard inflation Kane. It was transitional. It was a transitional temporary thing. Transitory, I think is what they said. Is, please tell me that they have not had the White House press conference yet because I really, really need Ducey to, to ask, is this still the tran- transitional, transitory part of the temporary whatever? I need that question in my life well, right they've now. All, I mean, they've all said, even Powell admitted that they were off on that. Janet Yellen's even admitted she was off on that, that this is not going to be just transitory. This We're going to see inflation for a while. They said years ago, they said one year ago, 
They said that a year ago that they weren't going to raise rates until like 24. They said that a year ago. Well, they realized when the inflation numbers came in, they couldn't afford to wait. We don't think a recession is likely. We ran that audio. I distinctly remember we ran that audio. It's transitory. It's not a problem. We're not going to raise rates. Not even going to look at it until 2024. That's why I look at the data and not necessarily what these guys are saying before the data comes out. I think weather forecasters are more accurate than this. Really? They're way more accurate. So, yay. So happy that we have all of the... I mean, just look at everything is just... I just saw a photo. I'm watching this this news come in about the Fed, about the interest rate hike. I saw this uh, guy had tweeted out a photo of a dude who I'm assuming is homeless. Fox 11 LA picked it up. Totally taken a deuce on a street in Sherman Oaks, California. Now, isn't Sherman Oaks is part of, and I only know this because of Ghostbusters, but when um, the third one, when uh, Bill Murray was like, and why don't you go retire in beautiful San Fernando Valley? It's the valley. Didn't Nick Cage do a movie about Valley Girls in there? That sits like a beautiful residential area. And now you got people out in the street dropping deuces. <laughs> we have this. Every the, It's like the world is going to hell. That's what it seems like. Everywhere it is absolute catastrophe. You have a shaky leg McPillow face over in, in Russia. Dude, he does. You know, I'm like, I would, come on. It's so ridiculous. He's going to look like Jocelyn Wildenstein in, in just like one more. All he has to do is get some more spackle injected into his face and he's going to end up looking like her. He's starting to have one of those animal mouths. You know what I'm talking about? Like if you look at like, um, what, what am I thinking, like teddy bears and stuff, and they have the weird mouths. When you start to inject spackle in your face like he's doing, he's going to be getting that. It's He's just, oh, yeah. he can barely wrinkle his forehead for the love. His, his wee beady eyes. Anyway, so it's, it's just insanity, insanity. You have record crime in New York, and you have the AG up there going, we need to go and file a civil suit against trump because we don't have beyond reasonable doubt level evidence to take this to a criminal court so we're going to do a civil suit right before midterms so that we can like taint by association uh any candidate that we want to take down and as a way to protect democrat seats that's what all of this is all of it you have the thing all everything going on at the border you have progressive lawyers getting involved oh we're going to take these illegal entrants and uh, we're going to file suits on behalf of them interesting story i was reading jonathan turley on break he just had a piece out he uh was looking at he was uh, teaching he said he, I, he says he teaches in torts where someone coming to the united states filed tort action for involuntary inoculation upon injury in o'brien v Kennard, and he said uh yes they apparently signed a waiver and agreed to the trip and that the filing that was made does not include the claims of kidnapping and human trafficking that Democrat talking heads have made. Even though cable programs still say that this should be criminal kidnapping charges, that's not what they're saying. It is political theater and it will absolutely be tossed out. I mean, that's just that's there's no way. I mean, you have to show that it was that it that it was actual fraud, that people were were um, made to sign these forms and the forms were made available were made available in English and Spanish. And it literally says this, quote, 
I agree to hold the benefactor or its designed representative harmless of all liability arising out of or in any way relating to any injuries or damages that may occur during the agreed transport to locations outside of Texas until the final destination in Massachusetts. There you go. So there's no, that dog ain't gonna hunt. That's not gonna happen. But you have all this to do. You have the, the rising fuel costs. Everyone is worried about what's gonna happen with uh, food and grain and everything else. I mean, there's a lot. It does seem like everything's kind of going to hell in a handbasket. And I feel like there are people focused on solutions and there are people focused on using the and exploiting this opportunity to settle petty political grievances. And we kind of know who that is. Audio Soundbite 6. Joe Biden was asked about the uh, migrant thing with uh, Ron DeSantis. And he had this to say. Sending, uh, migrants to Delaware. Do you have any comment or response to that, sir? He should come visit. We have a beautiful shoreline. We have a beautiful shoreline. Why doesn't he visit the border? He just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He didn't care at all. That it just it's it's not anything he's concerned with. I have more though. So to the point that I was just saying, on the. Uh, topic of biden's speech he spoke at the u.n a little while ago and he was pledging all of these more money to uh food security this is national security agency's jake sullivan who can't be trusted because of his association with hillary clinton and the whole russia stuff uh this is what he he was asked about what the president was going to be discussing at the u.n and it has to do with food supply and world market listen in addition to that, the president will be pressing for the elimination of export bans and of hoarding so that there is uh, a better supply of food to the world market and overall prices come down. And then finally, he will be very focused on the nexus between climate and food because the impacts of climate change on uh, the agricultural land of many countries in many parts of the world uh, is significant and severe. And through some combination of technology and adaptation, we believe we can help protect that land so that we can continue to get the level of food production necessary to reduce global food insecurity. See, what does that sound like to you, Kane? ESG. It sounds like ESG. You know what they did in uh, Sri Lanka back in, I think this was 20, yeah, 2021, they had a ban on chemical fertilizer. And it was, look, if you love, you know, if you love crystals and oils and all that stuff and you wear hemp shoes that you wove yourself, I don't care. Uh, but realize that there are people to feed and that there are certain ways that I, I don't care. I, I go by the Penn and Teller school of organic farming. You should watch that episode of BS. You literally should watch it. It's on YouTube. I can't play it here because, you know, it's Penn and Teller. But. They in Sri Lanka in 2021, they actually cut the use of chemical. They had a, a whole chemical fertilizer ban, and they were reducing. They said they wanted to reduce nitrogen waste, and they wanted to implement greener farming practices. And guess what happened? It severely undercut their crop yields to the point that it actually significantly damaged the entire nation's trade balance. And. It was described as, I think the word that someone in their government used was, uh, quote, absolute disaster. And they've been dealing with inflation and fuel shortages already. Their prime minister had to declare that the country was bankrupt. And then later on, on June 23rd, he said, quote, our economy has faced a complete collapse. And in fact, Peter Earle 
was a financial markets is a uh, what well was a financial markets trader and an economist at the American Institute for Economic Research. And I think he told CNN that the decision to overnight shift away from synthetic fertilizers was an absolute disaster. So this came on the heels of they had a bombing in 2019. Then they had the lockdowns that killed all their tourism. And then they had uh, a, a strain on imports and fuel and necessities. That was CIA World Factbook. And this just set the stage. It, they said that this is not, they said it's built on decades of trial and error. That's what agriculture is. It's not built on fake science. It's built on decade after decade after decade after decade of trial and error. And what Earl said was hard won experience. There is no how and people should default to the expertise of those who do this day in and day out. And instead, we're having bureaucrats who, well, have you seen what they do? You saw Chaz Chop. That's the extent of the knowledge that a lot of these bureaucrats have as it pertains to agriculture. And you have them making these decisions about farming practices and not just for Sri Lanka. ESG, are, they are restrictions and regulations that are going to be forced upon every single country. This is Jake Sullivan talking for Biden, setting the stage on this for the United States. It's coming. I'm telling you. It's not being chicken little. It's actually already here in some ways. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, man, this song is my anthem right now. Welcome back to the program. Well, anti-nowhere league. I just saw a, a video interview, or an interview with CNN with the uh, Bayard County Sheriff, the Bayard County Sheriff. We're going to play that for you tomorrow, and I'll send it out in your email newsletter for you subscribers. He said that he's, he was explaining the tired, he's tired of long waits for tables, so he urges restaurants in San Antonio to hire the 2 million-plus illegal uh, entrants, illegal aliens who've crossed during the border crisis. So he's telling all these restaurants to violate federal law, and he wants to sue DeSantis? This moron? Really? <laughs> Protect and serve. <laughs> this guy? Oh, who boy. Tell you what. He's the, yeah, a friend of mine said he's the new Michael Avenatti. So this guy, he's literally telling restaurants in San Antonio, the, the Bear County Sheriff, to hire illegal aliens who cross the border to violate federal law. But he wants to sue DeSantis for some reason. Yeah. He sounds, he sounds smart. Right. <laughs> As sheriff, you would think he'd be, you know, versed in the law. Like, wouldn't that be safe? To I mean, assume? that's kind of his job, right? Right. The law, you know, knowing what it is yeah. and stuff, and enforcing such things. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering. Very interesting. So we're gonna play. We're gonna have that for you tomorrow because it's there's a lot to get into with that. We're so not even like you know anywhere done with any of this stuff nowhere all right so today in stupidity king all right this one kind of pisses me off a little bit too um this is from new york presbyterian hospital it's an ad about children with myocarditis which by the way we rarely have ever seen prior to this experimental vaccine that has been pushed for COVID-19. Listen to this ad and how they're trying to normalize myocarditis in children. I've been into fashion since I can remember. But one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen. 
something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines oh, to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great wonder fashion wonder why these PSAs. Yeah. Again, it's the attempt to normalize all the vaccine injury, and I'm go. not here for Folks, it. Folks, sign up for the newsletter. We will get a lot to dive into tomorrow, and we will be back with you then. God bless. Have a great night.